With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Seattle, this is Diamond Wolf, and you are listening to Seattle Wave Radio. Welcome to Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. Follow us on Twitter at iGuestInfo. Send us your questions and we'll try to answer. Now enjoy the show. Well, today's one of those days that we're bringing the world to Seattle, and it's a great day when you can have one of the owners of the world-famous Voodoo Donuts on. And we have Trace with us today, and Voodoo is more than a donut shop. It's a destination. It's like Beetlejuice meets Disneyland, or how would you explain it, Trace? Uh, you know, it's just a, I, I, I kind of think of it as a typical donut shop, but it's, uh, for me, typical has kind of been turned on its ear, but uh, it is just that we make a good quality product. It's got a lot of crazy stuff in there, and uh, people like to wait in line and, and stuff their uh, donut holes with uh, with donuts. <laughs> well, they do more than wait in line because this is more than a, a destination, like I was saying. people It's on every foodie's bucket list. Um, I, I have talked to more people this week that knew you were coming on the show that started emailing me. I met down at Pike Market that they were on their way to Voodoo Donut. They, um, people were emailing me that it was on, they wanted to do that before they die, go to Voodoo Donut, that they um, were following you online. And from what I understand, Voodoo Donut for the first time is leaving the state of Oregon and you're going to be opening ah. a new store outside the state. So is that a rumor or is that true? No, that's a true story. We're gonna uh we're gonna dip our toe in the water in Denver, Colorado. And uh it's kind of the same kind of the same market size as uh Portland and uh I used to live in Colorado for a time back in high school and grade school, so I I've, I've kind of got a few connections there and it, I always get a good good feeling when I go back home. So uh that should be interesting. We're uh we're still uh we're just in permitting and all that, you know fun stuff, but, uh, but that should hopefully open sometime in uh, fall of in this fall. year. So, yeah. Well, of course, you know, we were disappointed here that you didn't come to Seattle first, but we, I wasn't quite surprised because, of course, Colorado just um, had the legalized <laughs> marijuana like Washington yes, did. Yes, the, the, <laughs> the mile-high city and all. Um, yeah, we, uh, that, that just was kind of, I think, a pleasant, serendipitous uh, occasion I, I we didn't plan that because of that but uh because of that it certainly won't hurt so we the block that we're on there's a it's pretty great there's a dentist which is hilarious a dentist a uh this pretty great lesbian bar that has a pink pool table like our box uh then us then a tattoo parlor then a dispensary so it's a pretty one-stop shopping block uh, in denver i think uh putting a donut no shop back in the middle of all that's going to be perfect Oh, the, the dentist must think he died and went to heaven. 
Well, that's what I'm hoping. It's like if you get, you know, a perfect checkup, maybe we can give them a coupon for a free donut and try to <laughs> try to try to reverse the uh, the trend there. Well, you guys are known for your kind of wild and wacky donuts and the, the the shapes of them, what you put in them. So I was just kind of wondering, are you going to be experimenting at all with maybe a marijuana donut or? Um, I think what we'll probably do is first get our feet wet and kind of before we start getting into the whole legalities of how that can work, I think we just want to establish ourselves. But I, I can imagine a, a, a THC-infused donut would probably go over gangbusters, and especially a TH-infused voodoo donut, I think, would, uh, would, would I say, probably be, be pretty popular. We've been approached here in Oregon as well, and, and you know, it's still illegal. It, it's legal if you have a car. I mean, it's very complicated, as it still is in Washington and stuff, too. And we don't really want to be made an example of quite yet uh, just to make a marijuana donut. But, uh, but believe me, it's... It, could certainly be on the horizon. Absolutely. Well, of course, the world will be looking to you to be the leader in that when the time does come. Well, I hope so. I think, I mean, and again, we, we, have, we have experimented, not at the shop. We've, what we have done is, we, 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 without any illegalities whatsoever within our shop, we, we've sent out um, our shells or, or rings and then frostings and creams and things like that and let some place where it is legal add the uh, tinctures and things to what they're supposed to be, and then we, in fact, sampled those, and I can say without hesitation that they, they worked. <laughs> so, And they're kind of great because then you kind of want to eat more donuts, and it's kind of back and it's, just a, it's a wonderful, uh, a wonderful oh, problem. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a, a never-ending gift. It just, it, it just keeps going. Yeah. So that, that is amazing. Well, you just celebrated your 10th anniversary, so congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you very much. I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable. There's so many businesses uh, down here in Portland that have been around for, you know, 30 years or 100 years in some cases, so I'm, you know, I'm always still pretty humbled by some other ones, but, but 10 years is, is nothing to shake a stick at, and we're, uh, we're almost teenagers, my gosh. Soon we, <laughs> we can rebel against ourselves. <laughs> Well, and if you rebel, I, I think that'll start happening at the Denver location. Yeah, like, I think lucky so. Denver. Lucky Denver. I know. And Denver, you know, we, we everybody keeps asking us what to expect and all this stuff, and I, we're just going to make our donuts, and the circus always kind of comes to us, and we're pretty good at managing the circus, you know, and um, I think Denver will be a good fit for us. So. Well, um Tell us about the circus that happened because this 10-year anniversary party had to just be off the hook over the weekend. Well, it wasn't as crazy. I mean, it's just kind of what we do. I kind of we start a day, but we we basically just kind of humored the line. We, we Cat Daddy. I have a business partner, Kenneth Fox, and Cat Daddy. Everybody calls him Cat Daddy, and he and I basically just kind of came down and we uh, we worked the line. We handed out T-shirts. We had bands play. We handed out some golden tickets. I mean, none, none of it was. When we first opened our second location, we had a full police escort parade, and we brought the grease from Voodoo 1 to Voodoo 2 to continue the mojo. And, you know, that, that was, I think, a little more of a, of a woo-ha. But, uh, but we, yeah, we always market somehow. We usually do beer bongs in front of the old entrance, and uh, we did that on Thursday, which is our anniversary proper. And then uh, Saturday we had these, um, you know, again, the golden ticket was great. We gave it to this kid who was a huge fan, and, he completely, like, I mean, he, like, lost his mind just wrapping around that he can get donuts for life for the rest of his life. So he, he's, pretty, he's pretty excited. Is, um, is that what the, the golden ticket represented was yeah, donuts for yeah. life? 
Yeah, don't have wow. to lie. You can get 20, 20 bucks worth of product a day uh, any time you want to walk into the place. And basically the only rule is, you know, if you abuse it, you lose it. But uh, we've, we've handed out about 10 or 11 of those is all, and uh, they, most people are pretty pretty respectful. So um, we haven't had to take back anybody's card yet, but uh, those, those are the rules. So, And it's amazing, like when you give free stuff away, geez, give people free T-shirts and Everybody gets all fussy about size and color. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> throwing these things at you from 100 yards away and you're coming back up to me, do you have this in black? I'm like, no. <laughs> you, you caught the yellow one. I'm sorry. So that, that, that was kind of amusing. But, uh, but whatever, we handed out a bunch of shows. I mean, we didn't really do, you know, it, it was really fun. We had a blast. And there was just great bands and uh, just kind of goofy bands. And uh, they, they played at Voodoo 1 and then we'd ship them over to Voodoo 2 and then they'd play there and they'd alternate. So we... We had we had stuff going on at both locations, and and in, we do have a location in Eugene too, but we just couldn't be in three places at once. But uh, but we sent them balloons and uh, flowers, and uh, people were doing their own partying down there too. So absolutely, and that actually is a really good location for um, anyone who's not familiar with Eugene, Oregon. But but the university is there, and they have a, a lot of students, and and uh, it's right off the five freeway, so there's a lot of people coming and going, and. Uh, and I think, yeah. they, you know, they get a lot of traffic at that location as well. Yeah, it's nothing like Portland. It's just not as big a market, but uh, it's, it's still a, a great shop. It's, my, it's like my, it's Voodoo Trace. It's our third location, so it shares a name. Named after you, yourself. yes. Wow. Well, um, what's been your biggest surprise over the past 10 years? Um, I, you know, I think, I think. Cat Daddy and I both sort of, you know, in our wildest dreams kind of thought we would be at the place where we are now. But, again, those are our wildest dreams. And to actually, you know, accomplish that and, uh, and just really have this completely insane, you know, donut shop. And there's a lot of people who just said, a donut shop, I don't get it. And, you know, you'll never make it. And, and now we can have people eat crow. But, uh, you know, we always had this pretty great idea, and we just, you know, and, again, it's, it kind of blows me away because it's, it's just fried dough. You know, we just kind of happen to put weird toppings on them or things, but now that's sort of the norm, you know. I mean, everybody puts bacon on stuff now, and uh, we certainly didn't invent bacon, but I can say safely we invented the bacon maple bar before anybody else did, so. Right. And, um, and that was always kind of in the, in, in the plans, you know, something savory, something sweet. We just didn't know exactly what it was. And then when we hit upon it, that's, that's been pretty great. And, and uh, you know, and it is, it is flattering but also annoying to watch people put cereal on donuts. And, you know, and, and, and people more like, you know, big companies, you know, the Fred Meyers and the Safeways and stuff, like their crappy donuts that they bake off are putting cereal on donuts and putting bacon bits on donuts and things, which, I mean, I, I apologize to the listeners <laughs> out there for for uh, starting a terrible bacon trend. But, uh, well, but, you know yeah, what they say, whatever. you know, it, it, imitation is the highest form of flattery. So Absolutely. And as I say, like, yeah, we can't, uh, we can't uh, you know, trademark putting breakfast cereal on donuts. But, you know, it seemed to be a good idea at the time. So. And well, I think uh, now most it seems people to know. continue to be a good idea. But the people actually get married there. I mean, it's more than a donut shop. I mean, it is more, yeah, way yeah. We, more than we, a donut shop. Yeah, we've probably done 400 weddings in 10 years, I'd imagine. And, uh, in fact, we have one this weekend, and we just did one Saturday. And, I mean, we get a lot of weddings. Um, for 250 bucks, you get donuts for donuts for 30 and coffee. And, um, and it's kind of a wham-bam, thank you, ma'am. It's right in the shop. We just... Uh, 
you know, stop the line and we marry people. And, uh, you know, you have to bring in your, there's a 24 hour, uh, or 72 hour, uh, cooling off period here. So you have to wait three days before you can actually get married. So as long as people have their paperwork properly, uh, filled out and all of that, uh, we're happy to marry them. So, so and that's that, been kind of a, that's just, you know, we're, we're voodoo donuts. They're supposed to have ceremonies and rituals and things. So having weddings just sort of, you know, would kind of just fell into the whole stick of voodoo. Sure. Well, who, who has their license? Is there someone within the uh, a, a bunch of them? us do. Uh, Cat Daddy no? and I both do, and then uh, we've got uh, three other people in the company that do now. So still pretty uh, it's minimal about who who can perform them. But uh, you know, you'll you'll get if you get Cat Daddy and I, then you know you're getting uh, one of the owners. But we do have other people within the company that are that do a great job as well. So. Right. Well, how did you guys come up with Voodoo for the name? Um, well, the name itself, I mean, Voodoo, we always like to say it has a lot of O's. They look like donuts. But um, with Voodoo, um, you know, uh, our logo is Baron Samiti, who uh, is the guy that you see, like the head of parades in New Orleans and things. But he's the guy that when you you uh, when you when die, you uh, he's the one who tells you if you're going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. And when you see him in, on earth, uh, you're supposed to adorn him with sweets. That's the thing that he likes. He likes sweets. So it's just sort of, you know, between voodoo and the baron and all of that, it just kind of, you know, we have a big cauldron of fat that we do our rituals around, and uh, we uh, conjure up uh, uh, sunny spirits and in the shape of uh, donuts, and we like to adorn our baron with sweets uh, every single day, 24 hours a day. Well, is is the baron the guy in the logo? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of a, and that's a, a friend of ours that designed the logo for us after a few, few attempts. But uh, that's that's our guy, and he's you know he's kind of like the, you know the Seven Up guy in the James Bond movie is a pretty good example of who Baron Samiti is. But, uh, well, it's it, it's perfect. It, it's a perfect logo. But how did you come up with a with a pink box? Because you are really known. I mean, this pink box yeah, has made pink its box, way yeah. into movies and TV and everything. Yeah, good things come in pink boxes, don't they? Um, <laughs> That's right. So we uh, we you know it's just kind of a bakery standard bakery box. You know, it's not like we invented the pink box. But a, a lot of people, nobody was really using them in Portland. They're all using white boxes, and we were like, well, why? You know, we have to have a pink box. So we, uh, you know, as I say, good things come in pink boxes, and we started putting good things in those pink boxes. Yeah, it's for, for whatever reason, it just it just stands out. So even though you were maybe not really thinking how far the pink box logo would go, but like I said, it's been in movies, and it's just become a oh, yeah. classic that trademark. Pink, that pink box gets you into all sorts of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. And, uh, you know, I always liked pink as a kid growing up, and I always got a lot of a lot of guff for it, but uh, it's kind of ironic that for wearing, you know, pink IZOD shirts in the early 80s and getting getting yelled at, um, I, I'm now <laughs> driving pink around a pink uh, convertible Mustang and having pink boxes uh, surrounding me kind of every day. So <laughs> That's amazing. I'm wearing a pink shirt, actually, as we speak. I'm wearing a Oh, shoot, I'd be today. wearing pink all the way to the bank every day, yeah. I'll tell you yeah. that. <laughs> What we try to do. Been so many celebrities that have just been on board. I mean, you've been on the Rachel Ray show. Anthony Bourdain made his stop through there. Uh, Rod Stewart, Man versus Fred Armisen, food and, Man versus you know, Food. Stuff. Oh, the um, yeah. uh, Amazing Race came through there. Yeah, Amazing Race. Yeah, we were the second to last clue on the on the last. Uh, and that was hilarious. That was a huge, big secret. We couldn't. Uh, we didn't know. Uh, 
they really wanted to do it at Voodoo 1, and we were in the middle of uh, opening up Voodoo 2, which is just like a mile away, and we were like, man, we, we just got is there any way we can, you know, try to do this at Voodoo 2 because it would be just great for us. But they wanted to do it at Voodoo 1. And, God, we had to sign, you know, $5 million things that we wouldn't talk about it because, you know, if we talked about the amazing race before it was filmed, it would sort of ruin the entire deal. <laughs> so it was a big, funny secret. Yeah, we kind of had to meet these guys kind of secretly in certain places, and we we worked out a deal with them, and they uh, and they actually paid us. They, we got them to pay us because we had to, since we couldn't, we, ha- we had to kind of suspend our opening of Voodoo 2 because they didn't want two places to confuse them. So we were, we really needed to get open at Voodoo 2, but they uh, they just wanted to have the one place where there wasn't two clues to go to. And... Uh, so we we made them we made them pay for that privilege. So that was kind of great, and they were great. They were great to work. And we didn't even got they were there for just moments. I mean, but it's it's so funny to watch that show and just like this. It's like one block away, and everybody's running around frantically trying to figure out where we done it is. That was kind of hilarious. Well, yeah, I, I think in that's Portland knows. Maybe my favorite celebrity probably that's been in kind of recently too is Vanna White. Um, came in. They, they did a whole Wheel of Fortune thing down here for a week and. And uh, Vanna came in, and, and she and I, she and I kind of have a little thing going on. She uh, got to like kind of put my arm around her and squeeze her really hard on her hip bone, and I heard an audible groan. <laughs> Did she actually eat a donut? Oh, she, she ate tons of donuts. She, she ate more donuts than anybody. She and Anthony Bourdain are the ones who ate the most donuts. She ate more donuts than the Man vs. Food guy did. Wow. So, yeah, Van, Vanna was awesome and totally a good sport. But, yeah, she ate – in fact, her producers made her eat – we had like a whole rack of <laughs> excuse me, different donuts and – they're all colorful and interesting, and he kept pulling out trays and completed donuts. And he was like, why don't you eat one bite of every one, which is, like, insane. And Vanna did it. You know, a bite of an old-fashioned, a bite of a fruit loop donut, a bite of a buttermilk bar, a bite of a triple chocolate penetration, a bite of a, you know, on and on. And she was just an awesome sport. And I kept handing her napkins, and she would dab at her mouth. And I kept saying things like, I've been thinking about this my whole life, Vanna White. Um, but yeah, she was a great sport and super cool, and she's she's pretty darn famous. Oh, absolutely! You know that 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 makes me like her more that I know that she, oh, she was donuts. She was awesome. She was so pro. It was pouring down rain. She had a limo, which whatever. She's Vanna White. She should have a limo. But yeah, hopped out with a handler with a with an umbrella. Just came in. Didn't really even know what she was doing there. I mean, they just said, you know, you got to be a voodoo donut. And we made like a we made her decorate some letters and stuff. But <laughs> she was trying to do numbers and. She wasn't doing very well, and she's like, I hate doing numbers. I do letters, and she was just funny. But, yeah, then also just we got to go to the taping, and I kept telling my girlfriend that, it's like, I think Vanna White's got a little thing for me, and kind of kiddingly say it. But, boy, when she came out, she was blowing kisses at me and shooting guns from her hips at me. And, wow. But, yeah, as I say, I love Vanna. <laughs> that is amazing. Well, you know, have, have you guys been approached at all to do a reality show there? Oh, God, so many times, and we just turned them down, because um, now it would just be terrible. I mean, back when we first opened, uh, I bet we would have said yes to it, just to get the notoriety and the stuff. But, like, everybody wants to hear your ideas, and we've got, we've got, this, we've got, it, we've got six episodes already written that we just wrote for people, kind of a, between Croft Super Show and kind of more like, an, like almost an animated Croft Super Show reality show about the donut shop. Like, not quite like the normal, because everybody's just looking for trouble and problems. And the last thing I want to do, we're so busy already, that the last thing I want to do is put cameras up everywhere and have the networks uh, 
you know, figure out strife and problems, you know. <laughs> it's, it's pretty boring. I mean, the donut shop's pretty boring. There's not, like, that much stuff going on. It's a lot of hard work. And people are in the way. A, a film crew would just be unmanageable. And, uh, yeah, we've sat at the table with Hollywood quite a bit, and they always say, oh, that sounds great. We'd love to hear your ideas, and oh, my gosh. And then it always gets to the head people, and all they want is a, another Jersey Shore or whatever. Right. That just doesn't interest us at all. Right, so, right. And it, right. And it did, it, it, as I say, at one point, you know, maybe eight, nine years ago, if somebody wanted to do that. But, uh, you know, now when we got popular, they started coming. And, you know, now everybody's got a reality show, and it's just like, and they just can't believe we tell them no. They just they hate it. It just drives them because they're like, can you imagine how famous you'll be? And we're like, we're famous enough right now. We don't need, we don't, and you know, and he, I don't, you know, I still do all sorts of dangerous, crazy stuff that doesn't need to be on TV. And, and uh, you know, I, it's, Cat Daddy's got a family and I, it's just, we don't need any of that. So. Well, well, that's, well, you know, on the surface, it would seem like it would be just the perfect place for for a reality show with everybody coming I in. Don't and know, I mean, it's and basically the only, yeah, the line would be great, you know, but the whole, the, the, the concept of following Cat Daddy around and I, of what we do is pretty boring. I mean, we, we meet with lawyers and bookkeepers and we, we have 120 employees right now in three locations and, you know, we're, it's like trying to be fair to everybody and do things correctly and, and, uh, and right, you know, we, we're, we're good employer, employers. Um, you know, I don't need a camera in my face for that. I mean, what would be fun is like the camera, the line, you know, the line is what's interesting, you know, but, but that's right. because there's people, people from all, all around the world waiting in line together for donuts. So. <laughs> well, since, since uh, Voodoo hilarious. 1 and Voodoo 2 are only about a mile uh, apart, do you guys do any like donut runs, you, you know, with people from from one location to the other at all? Oh, we've done some stuff. We've talked about, you know, like hands across the Burnside Bridge would be pretty hilarious, just stack donuts all the way across. But, you know, people do all sorts of crazy stuff. I don't even I'm sure that that's happened, you know. There's always scavenger hunts and things happening that, you know, I don't organize, but Voodoo's always part of. And, uh, but, yeah, it's, a, it's, just, it's, it's kind of a never-ending, you know, people always want to use Beauty Donut or Donuts for something, you know, and, 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 it's, and it's hard to, like, protect your brand and things as well and if, when people are constantly trying to exploit it as well. And, it, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fine line because, I mean, I get there's fans, but I also, people that take pictures of things that are copywritten and then make their own art with them and think that we'll be, you know, flattered by that is it's sort of annoying. Right, <laughs> right. You know? and, and and it's amazing about how many people do that. It's just like I, I it's like people just don't really I mean, granted there were donut shops before we opened a donut shop so I could I you can say that we copied somebody else's idea as well, but um but it's just amazing that, you know, with the voodoo donut part, just how many folks are uh just they, they just want to, you know, glom onto something. And, and, and anybody's always telling us what we should be doing, too. I love that, too. It's like, you know, what you really should be doing. And, <laughs> no, because you guys have it. Do, keep doing what you – I mean, you guys have – Yeah. Things, so. one, of, one of the best moments we had was when we were both – both Cap Daddy and I were still working 20-hour days or whatever. And, you know, sometimes I would make the donuts and he would work the counter or vice versa. But one of the times I was working the – I was working in the back, and he had to deal with the customers, and I was dealing with wrestling with donuts in the back. And uh, he just 
got a ladder and just wrote on the ceiling right above the counter. He just wrote, you know what you should do, dot, dot, dot. Because so many people were coming in and telling us what we should do. So now we just point to the you know what you can do. And so when people <laughs> say that, you just point to the ceiling, and then people read it, and they go, oh. Um, <laughs> it's like you've never heard that one before. No. Yeah. Well, or, or, you know, and it's like that's a great idea or something. But, look, we're doing what we're doing. We're, we're at that point, you know, we, we were working our asses off. And uh, it's just like, I, you know, you, you go out and go do that, sir. <laughs> Sounds like a great idea. But maybe you should go do that. Um, I, think, I think Paul Westerberg, I think Paul Westerberg, who I just love of the replacements, I think he said he had some quote of, as soon as somebody either tells you you're doing something wrong or tells you what to do to do it better, you should just simply turn and walk away. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> right. Well, well, thank you, Paul Westerberg. <laughs> well, you guys are known for kind of your, like what we were talking earlier about your your donuts that that you have that you have the maple bar with the bacon on it or the cereal. What hasn't worked? Is, is there something that you guys tried? And then oh, you know, sure. Um, yeah, I mean the the wasabi donut was kind of kind of a dud. Um, the fresh oyster donut where we'd run across the street to the oyster bar that's been there for 106 years and get a fresh oyster. And, with every order, run over and get a fresh oyster. That kind of was silly. Um, and oysters and donuts just didn't really, really uh, go over great. Um, and, I, you know, I, I just occasionally there's just kind of, or I always kind of like experiment with uh, like liquor donuts. Mm-hmm. Not not to like get drunk on it, but like, you because know, we, we do do a lot of uh, work with, uh, you know, like Jack Daniels has approached us, so we'll make like these whiskey dick donuts, or I don't know if I can say that, but I just did, um, mm-hmm. on, on the air. And uh, we we would make, you know, sort of infused donuts with uh, Jack Daniels or whatever. And, and we've made some of those. It's, it's kind of come out kind of weird. They're just never exactly as good as I'd expect them. Because you don't, with donuts, you're not cooking. I mean, you fry stuff, but we're not frying the Jack Daniels and the donuts always in the cream or the frosting or something. So dealing with, uh, you know, dealing with liquor and cream is always sort of a <laughs> dicey proposition. Right. But, you know, they come out. You know, we've done it. We've made some stuff we could be proud of, but to, to sell them for a all-the-time kind of thing, I don't think we've ever really nailed the proper, uh, the proper formula for those yet. And then we just, you know, we already have about a hundred and I don't know, probably a hair over a hundred varieties of donuts, and uh, you know, it's just at one point you just are confusing the customer. I mean, and just and right. as one store made one at one shop, and they want to get it to second spot. So, you know, that is the thing that we're learning as we go along. You know, there's consistency. You need all the shops to be the same. We got to do all this stuff without becoming corporate. We still want to remain, you know, true to our roots and good guys and all of that. And and yet, you know, we're constantly, uh, you know, up against, you know, now we have POS. You know, we, we used to be just, <laughs> we just go through cash registers. We only have four buttons on the register, you know. Why? Uh, but now we have POS, and so now we can track all the donuts, which I was all against, and now I love POS. I think it's the coolest thing in the world. But mm-hmm. but uh, for a while, um, a, a point of sale for uh, people out there in radio land who might not know what POS is. But, uh, you know, just a, a, a cash register that everybody has, that, you know, like with the computer screen and, you push button. So now we can actually see how many bacon maple bars we've sold over the month of April or whatever. We can actually see how many this and how many that and track this and track that. So there's definitely something to be said about that sort of technology and tool and the way we've changed. But um, 
But, you know, I think all in all, it's still Cat Daddy and I are the ones signing the checks and we're the ones <laughs> kind of giving the interviews. And then we've got, you know, we've got COOs and we've got assistants and we've got HR people and, you know, lawyers and, <laughs> you know, the whole, the whole gamut of, uh, of, uh, of, 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 of a real honest to God, you know, business. Kick-butt business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and so for for people to know when they get there, though, you guys are cash only, right? We are cash only, and we've just remained cash only, and that's, I think we'll probably remain cash only for as long as we possibly can. Um, there just seems to be really no upside to having credit cards. We have an ATM machine. Most donut sales are usually under 20 bucks, you know. So And, you know, for a long time there, you know, I mean, they're under 5 bucks. So, you know, for all the hassle of, and then you got to pay, you got to pay the credit card company then. That's exactly. why we actually make money off the ATM. And, <laughs> exactly. uh, you know, and having an all-cash business definitely has its struggles as well, but we, uh, we, we get through them. So yeah, all you people out there thinking about holding us up, uh, just, we've, we've got precautionary places, <laughs> uh, things in place, so. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's just, it's hilarious, the whole, well, and, and, and by cash thing. only, so people know, that doesn't mean debit card. It means yeah. cash. <laughs> yeah, it means cash only, cash on the barrel head, just like the olden days. You know, and I find you know, everybody gets so blown away by that. You know, some, some people are so freaked out and just like, how can I get into the 21st century? But I go to fancy restaurants in New York and places all over the world, and it's cash only, you know. Or you're going to a fancy restaurant that costs six, 700 bucks, and it's cash only, man. I mean, it's right. uh, it's uh and they, that's, they, they're just doing fine, too. So absolutely, it's just, absolutely. It's just how we operate. So. Well, and, and, and you don't ship donuts. Somebody just tweeted us about shipping. And you yeah, we never, ever ship that, donuts. But. And they just, well, yeah, see, that's probably our biggest request. And we just, we've sent them to ourselves in Chicago. We did, we did a big uh, conference in Chicago, some advertising thing, which was hilarious because we don't advertise. That's another big thing. We really don't advertise very much. I can't say we never run ads, but, like, for the most part, we don't run ads. And, yeah, you uh, don't need to. Why, why should we, right? And, People um, are coming to you. But it's funny to, you know, go to an advertising thing and have to be the keynote speakers for a company that doesn't advertise. But um, <laughs> but we sent our – because everybody wanted donuts. So we had to have this donut eating contest. That was kind of the big thing. And so we shipped just all these donuts. I mean, $1,000 worth of stuff, and we got it out on the last plane and started to snow in Portland and blah, 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 and we get out there, and they all arrived, and we take them up to our hotel room, and it just, it, they all just look like big, dirty diapers. I mean, we sent them as, you know, first class as you possibly can, caution, fragile, this side up, and there's just nothing you can do. They're very fragile, you know, they're they're like little, fragile little gifts, each one, and they just, the more people that touch them and the more just getting thrown around, you know, we really feel like a donut shelf lab. I mean, they start dying as soon as they come off the fryer. And, um, you know, you got about a good eight hours of of life before you just let them die a natural death. Don't put them in the freezer. <laughs> don't refrigerate them. Don't wrap them in cellophane. Don't put them in the microwave. You know, just let them do their thing. Just eat them or, uh, you know, and most donuts, I mean, you know, we... Stale donuts are just never really a problem with us because we make donuts three, four times a day, shifts of donuts, as well as they fly off the shelf so fast. That's one of our big pet peeves is when people claim they, I just don't think the donuts are very good because they're stale. And it's just like, 
if you don't like the donuts, that's fine. But that they're stale, we right. take. We just made them. Right? A lot of them are to that. Yeah, we're, we're, they're not stale. So, and who knows where they got their donut? They might, might have had right. it at a friend's house that's been sitting there for four days. And right. So that right. always just drives me crazy. So I'd like to just now. I'm sure other donut people out there can can relate. But most people, you know, donuts until. You know, I don't know, just voodoo, but you know, with with donuts uh, becoming sort of popular and et cetera. I mean, most donuts that you would get would be at the Safeway or Fred Meyer's, and they're not. There's a lot of those are baked instead of fried, and you know, they're chock full of preservatives. So sometimes you're getting a donut that's three days old that's been sitting there right. on the shelf, you know, and and right, that's what right. people are kind of used to. That's the norm, and uh, for us, that's not the case. Um, well, and, you know, a big part of the, you know, experience is just, is just coming there and being with other like-minded people and being part of what's going on. And, and there's no way to recreate that even though... Yeah, exactly. And that's why, and that's another reason why if we're going to ship them. And I'm sure we could start a wonderful... But they just, they look terrible. <laughs> they, I mean, they, it's not that they still taste fine. I mean, they're just, it's still chocolate and dough and blah, blah, blah. But, and they just end up just looking terrible and we, and we want our best possible product to our, you know, we would have so many complaints <laughs> about what, you know, I ordered these donuts and they came and they ended up looking like, you know, so <laughs> we just don't ship donuts and that's, uh, we're happy to ship, we've got a, we've got a thing we call the, fr- the fryer flyer, which is a, um, it's an eight and a half by 11 sticker, but it, it's all little cut out things of donuts with like 13 different donuts. So you can actually send somebody a dozen donuts, but they're just stickers. Oh, okay. Oh, and then um, also people can go online, though, and they they can buy... Oh, you can buy T-shirts and underpants Mm -hmm. and hoodies and all sorts of stuff, you know. But uh, And we are starting, I mean, since I got you on the air and you're asking me questions, we're going to be starting Voodoo Donut um, recordings here, too, and we're going to be putting out the 12-inch singles from different bands, if anybody out there who uh, is interested, but we're one one side needs to be uh, of a donut theme, whether it's voodoo donut or just donut themed song, and then the other side they can do whatever they want with it. Wow! And, and we're we're got a yeah, you know, and I, uh, we've got a few uh, not super notable names, but you know, for for Portland people, Sam Coons's band, Sam and Quasi's doing something on Lou Barlow, a dinosaur Juniors, uh, so that he's interested and. Uh, so we're going to kind of put out this sort of, you know, 13 kind of collectible uh, singles and then kind of go from there and see what else happens, whether we continue to do singles or actually release records or something. But Is there information about that online that people, like, that maybe yeah, musicians... not really do? too much. You're kind of, we're not too much, though. It's just Voodoo Donut recordings. If, if somebody, they could get a hold of us through Voodoo Donut and we could at least get back to them okay. if, they, if right. they are interested, so... Okay, that's that's pretty cool, especially because that'll give that'll are, give us our street roots back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are a musician, so so that doesn't surprise me at all. That, that yeah, yeah, I love yeah, both Scott, Daddy, and I. Yeah, we love rock and roll and all that, and and music's important to the donuts and the making of them, and 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 all of that's kind of important to the whole vibe of the place, I guess. So. Well, we we just really want to just keep telling you to, to to do exactly what you're doing. Don't listen to anyone else because they will all. Oh yeah, we we don't. We, yeah, <laughs> we yeah we we just do what yeah we do. We're just still following our instinct and trying our very best to remain humble. And I realize we're we're pretty lucky guys to uh, be running such a crazy empire. So. Well, besides Denver, and, and, and then I'll let you go because you've given us a lot of time here. But is is there any plans maybe to to open? 
even more stores? Yeah, you know, without getting, you know, special stores and special places, you know, I, I think our best is our best line on that. I, I certainly don't want to be a day-to-day operation guy if, you know, a hundred of these things everywhere, you know. Right, um, right. But, you know, we might look after Denver or get that rolling and then, uh, you know, maybe look at a couple other other joints. We've we've been to Amsterdam and, uh, you know, we've got people who want to fly us all around the world. So we're... we're oh, yeah, we're, I never even thought of around the world. Oh, my oh, gosh. So, yeah. so the world is your donut. The world is our oyster donut. <laughs> Well, Trace, I really appreciate that you took the time to come on. And oh, hey, no problem at all. Thank you. We get well, thank so you many so much. people. We get so many people talking about Voodoo Donut and and sharing their experiences with us, and and we wanted to make sure that we got you guys on. And it's just if, if you are in Portland, anyone can direct you to Voodoo Donut. All you have to do, and 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 people get. If they have long layovers, they'll come straight from the airport. Oh, they come. Yeah, we're only about seven miles from the airport. Voodoo 2 is the closest one to the airport. And that's usually the one that doesn't have quite as crazy as line, too, and there's better parking. So you can probably, um, if if you were to rush down, and that's happened. I mean, our first dream when Cat Daddy and I opened the place was like, wouldn't it be great if somebody, you know, comes from the airport, you know, before they check into a hotel and come there. And that happened like eight years ago. But I I can, you know, both Cat Daddy and I were there when it happened. It was a guy with a suitcase, and he just got off the plane, and he was checking into the hotel across the street, but he stopped off at Voodoo first, and it was just like, well, cross that one off. I mean, that's, that's just amazing. Well, that so was great that you when, were there, too. Oh, yeah, it was just awesome. So from the womb to the tomb, <laughs> everybody uh, likes well, donuts. Well, I'm going to get down there myself shortly and, and uh, experience it. Um, okay. I've been to the one in Eugene. Uh, my son lives in Eugene, so we swung by okay, over cool. there and and uh, and it was a, just a great time. And yeah, that's I, a nice I, shop. I like that shop a lot. It is. It is a real nice shop. And uh, but I want to get down to the really the uh, the gritty one. Yeah, the real deal. Yeah, the, the, and, yeah, smack dab in the crotch of Portland. <laughs> and that's where I want to be. How many? That's times where we all want to be. All right. <laughs> all right, Trace. Thank you, and just continue. You're so welcome. Bye. All right, you too. Okay, bye bye. So that was Trace, and he's one of the cult classic voodoo donuts. And if you are in Portland or Eugene or coming shortly to Denver, make sure that you check out Voodoo Donuts because it is absolutely, like I said, an amazing destination. If Hollywood comes calling, you know they have something going on. So it's just like I said, it's on every foodie's bucket list. Everybody wants to go there. People share their experiences. There's whole online voodoo clubs of people sharing their experience of going to Voodoo Donuts. It's more than the donut. It's the experience. So we uh, certainly appreciate Trace coming on with us today. And if you have a Voodoo Donut experience, be sure to share it with us. You can find me on Twitter at iGuestInfo, and you can hear this show again and other shows either at seattlewayradio.net or northwestprime.com. Thank you for joining us, and we will be back with more interesting shows from nice people doing great things from around the world. Real music, real people. Seattle Wave Radio. We're back today with another band that's making big news in Seattle, and the name of this band is the Voodoos, and they're originally from Cork, Ireland, and they are taking Seattle by storm as well. There's so much great music going on in Seattle. I mean, it's absolutely like 
the proverbial shooting fish in the barrel. There's a great vibe going on. There's fantastic energy. We invite everybody to come and be a part of this. They've just played at the Hard Rock in Seattle just over the weekend. They head out on tour tomorrow with Queensryche. And I have Mark from the Voodoo's on, and we're going to share them. We're going to share some of Seattle music with you today. So thanks, Mark, for coming on. Uh, no problem at all. So you head out tomorrow on tour. Yes. <laughs> That's got to be exciting. Yeah, we leave, um, I think, like 4 in the morning tonight. We fly out to New York. So um, now Kelly Gray, you worked with him before on on some of your music. Yeah, he did our um, debut album after we did the tour with Queensryche. And, uh, yeah, we released that in uh, November, just gone. And, um, you just released that music in November? Yeah, we released it um, online in November, and it's just got up um, on iTunes just recently. Nice, nice. So how did your band come together? It started in Ireland, right? Actually, strangely enough, in Spain. <laughs> we're we're an Irish band, but we met out in um, there's a tourist area of Spain um, that uh, had a lot of live music in the area, and we kind of got together and jammed, and and then we moved from there to Ireland and made our name in Ireland. Mm-hmm. So in Spain, you were all on vacation over there or on holiday, or were you yeah, working? We're kind of just, yeah, we were kind of working in the bars and like you know bartending and stuff like that, and we kind of got together and jammed and then started writing original music and I said, we got um, spotted by a Radiohead's manager out in Spain at a show that we were doing and um, he brought us to London for some recording and as soon as he did that he suggested that we move to Ireland and build a fan base so uh, we took his advice and moved to Ireland and started from scratch and built up a good following you did because you actually won, um, you know, a, uh, uh, some awards over there, and that led to you opening for Snow Patrol. That's right, yeah. That was at the MTV EMA Awards in Belfast in uh, 2011, which was amazing because it was all because of our fans that they you know, devoted for us and pushed us so much. It was, it was brilliant. And then you also then went on that year, I think, on that um, rock and roll cruise. I want to know about that because I think that would probably just be a crazy cruise. It was absolutely insane. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was four days of madness and uh, some amazing bands like Hinder and Buck Cherry and Hell Yeah and bands like that that we got to play with and get to know. It was uh, it was an amazing experience. Our bands are. Um, not fans, but fans in Ireland still following you, at, even though now that you're over here in the States? Oh, we get great uh, great support from uh, our, our fans and friends back home uh, still, you know, so we, we try to get back as much as we can, but uh, concentrating mostly in the States now because we just, the rock scene is uh, a lot more appreciated out here, which is, uh, which is brilliant. Mm-hmm. And you just had a show just a few nights ago at the Hard Rock. Why don't you tell everybody how that went down because I heard from some people at the Hard Rock that there was a good time had by all. It was a very good night, yeah. <laughs> Plenty of partying <laughs> and uh, the bands that were playing with were brilliant as well and it was great to play with them and headline the show there. So we really enjoyed it. It actually is a good venue over there at the Hard Rock downtown um, at the Pike Place Market. They have a lot of great bands come through there and they really support uh, 
not only the Seattle music scene, but, but music in general. And it's a really great place. It's on the second floor. Um, if, if you happen to go down there, they have good food, good drinks, and they usually always have good music. Uh, it's, it's a great, it's a great venue. And, and, uh, it's kind of like we've been adopted by the, like the local Seattle music scene, which is uh, amazing. And to play with all these bands, uh, it, you know, it's great for us as well to feel part of like that. Well, I want to give everyone a little taste of your music. So the first song I'm going to play is Nowhere to Run. And can you kind of give us a description and, and kind of how this song came to be and, and give us a little information on it? Yeah, well, we wrote, uh, we wrote that song back in Ireland, and um, we kind of locked ourselves away. We moved out to a house in the, in the mountains in the middle of nowhere, so we were, there was no distractions, so we could really concentrate on writing music. And uh, we kind of wrote that song. That We wrote most of the album there. And nowhere to run is kind of the, it was kind of the situation we were in, and uh, you know it's kind of that's what it's based on, really. Right. All right. Well, we're going to listen to this, and we'll be right back in just a minute. This is the Voodoo's Nowhere to Run. Well, it's too sad to ever a story you can hide. The
That was the Voodoo's, another band right here in Seattle getting ready to blow up. So you might as well get out and see them now before you can afford a ticket because once they get big, it's going to be expensive. We know how that works. But they are going on the road right now with Queensryche, and I have Mark on the line from the Voodoo's, and he's going to tell us about his tour and some dates that we can possibly get out to to see them perform live. Uh, Isn't that right, um, Mark? That's right. um, All our dates... um, for the upcoming tour starts tomorrow, um, we put them up all on our Facebook page. There's a, a thing called Bands in Town, and we've uh, linked up all our, our tour dates to that. So we're looking forward. There's like New York and Boston and Philadelphia and Nashville and places like that. So we're looking forward to getting out on the East Coast and around that area. Yeah, that's from Boston to New York to, to Nashville, you're going to be all over. And then you're going to be back in Seattle the end of the month, the end of June, to play at the Moore Theater. Yeah, that's the big one, the Moore Theater on the 29th. For, um, I think that's going to be that's the end of tour and the big party gig, so really looking forward to that one. Oh, we like parties. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> so do we. <laughs> 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 well, the the Moore Theater is a great place to play. It's, it's a great venue, and you can go to the Moore Theater or you can go to their Facebook page, um, the Voodoo's Band Facebook page, and you can pick up more information on on where they're going to be, and you can also link up to purchase tickets. And if you're here locally in Seattle, you can get to the Moore Theater on the 29th and you can see them. And if not, they're going to be playing all around the United States and probably even around the world. And, again, there's just a lot of buzz, a lot of hype around the Voodoos right now, and this is definitely a band you're going to want to remember, along with so much great music coming out of, of Seattle. What have you learned, Mark, working with some of these great bands like Queensryche and Snow Snow Patrol? Have you picked up any tips or have you been able to learn anything from these guys? I think we've learned a lot and even musically we've learned a lot and just how to, uh, like, you know, bands like Queensryche and stuff that have been around so long, it's it's great to, like, see their work ethic and things like that and to learn off them is, you know, it, it can only benefit us. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, bands that have stayed the test of time, like Queensryche, you know, there's there's a there's a formula for that, and uh, I think it comes with knowing who their fan base is and staying true to that. Oh, I think that's a, a massive part. Where yeah, I think a lot of bands, uh, you know, that can be a a tough area if you forget about your fans and the people that got you to where you are, then uh, you'd be in trouble that way. <laughs> Who were some of your influences growing up? Um, well, my dad used to make me listen to Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and stuff when I was younger, which I loved anyway, so it wasn't a bad thing to listen to them. And I, I think the, the other lads in the band all listened to those kind of older bands as well. And then you got like the Foo Fighters and Nirvana and bands like that that were really influential for us. So not the, not the Irish music, traditional Irish music, but really... <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually have quite a big listening audience that listens from Ireland that listens to Seattle music. So that's not at all, and not just Seattle music, but music from the States in general. But So that, that's not really surprising to me. But it's it's amazing the connection, especially I think that Ireland kind of feels with the Seattle area. They kind of feel like, you know, we're, we're sister communities in, in, in some respect. That's and, why, yeah, it's, it's got an amazing reputation and... It's well-respected back in Ireland. Well, the weather's probably a lot the same, too. 
It's very similar, and it's actually sunny in Ireland at the moment, which is uh, strange. <laughs> well, it's sunny in Seattle, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's strange. <laughs> yeah. But, but no, that we, we've heard some great music coming out of Ireland, and there there is a really great thing going on in Ireland now with, with music, although it, it, it's gone on for, you've had fantastic Van Morrison, you know, that this is one band after another coming out of Ireland and producing fantastic music, and we're just happy to be kind of a part of that, but it's so great to be able to tap into that, to have people in Ireland listening you know, specifically to us here in Seattle and then in, in reverse us being able to listen to their music, they send it over and, and uh, it's, 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 it's absolutely amazing. I, and I've, I've joked before, I don't know what's in the water, especially in the Belfast area. There's, there is just so much fantastic uh, music and wonderful people coming out of that area. There really is. And the bands that we were playing with before, before we left for America, you can just tell that there's a real, really good Irish music scene building up again and, it's going to be exciting to see what comes out over the next couple of years. What's the music scene like in Ireland as 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 opposed to what it is that, that you've seen in Seattle, or is it very similar? Um, I think like being from Cork, I think Cork is, uh, has got like the most live bands on in a night anywhere in Ireland, and you know, and Dublin obviously has got um, a huge like there's a lot of bands on every night as well. But uh, I think everyone's really connected like around Ireland. All the bands know each other and. There's a nice scene there. It wouldn't be, like, massive now to go out and see a rock band, but there's a good underground following and stuff like that, which keeps it going, which is great, you know. Mm-hmm. And also the um, the the, uh, the Unsigned Music Awards are held in Dublin, I believe, as well. And it's just amazing the amount of talent that is unsigned. Oh, it's, it's crazy. I, like... It's a shame it is so difficult to, to you know, to come out. To, you know, it's hard to get to the States and to build on tours because they cost so much money and, and everything. But there's so many bands with the right exposure could really make a, a name for themselves from Ireland. Well, we are really happy that you guys made it over here. And <laughs> we're, like I we're said, very happy as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are extremely thrilled and like I said, everybody in Seattle is talking about your music. I'm so excited that, that the rest of the United States get to participate and hear this music over the summer as you go out on tour. And then those lucky enough to be at the Moore Theater on the 29th are really going to see a great show because I just heard great things about what happened at the, at the Hard Rock the other night. So I just know it's even going to be bigger and better over at the Moore. We're going to go off with Away From You. Can you give us a little mark insight into this song? Um. Yeah, I guess I can. I'm not usually used to talking about the songs, but uh, it's uh, about an ex-girlfriend, <laughs> which is I oh. guess, a lot of songs are about, and trying to stay away, but you can't, and stuff like that. So. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. Yeah. Well, there's one for the tabloids. <laughs> well we encourage everybody to check out the voodoos they are on facebook and again like we've talked about in the past uh, always go to their you know to these official sites you don't want to go to sites that are unofficial because we do not know who's running them so make sure that you get to the voodoos official site i believe you guys are on twitter too right mark that's it at the voodoos on twitter as well Okay, great. And so Facebook and Twitter, and then you can uh, maybe get out and see them and support some great music. Again, I heard it here first. Thanks, Mark, for coming on, and we're going to play away from you. All right, have a good tour. (laughs) Thanks very much. Cheers. Appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Bye-bye. 
Lynn, now here in Seattle, going on tour tomorrow with Queens Reich. And as you can tell, they just another amazing band with a lot of talent on the cusp of big, big things. So make sure that, again, we can't reiterate this enough. Follow the official site. Uh, we talked about this with Philip Lomax. Make sure that you're following their official sites on Facebook and Twitter. That way you're getting the most up-to-date and the most correct information at all times. We want to thank everybody who came on the show today. And, again, we just want to encourage everybody to come and support uh, Seattle Music. Seattle Music comes to you. And get out and support live music. These guys are really working. Guys and girls are working as hard as they can to bring you a quality product. And they just really put their heart and soul into it. And there's nothing like live music. If you can't get out to them, make sure you download their their new music, their old music, and support it. It's just pennies, literally, to uh, put good music on your playlist. We spend a ridiculous amount of money um, all the time on copies and different things we don't even think about and when you download music you have it forever and it's yours and great memories in music if you're in Seattle we encourage you to come down to Pike Market and support what's going on down there with the professional crafters and artists that's going on there you can listen to past shows on seattlewaveradio.net you can also go to northwestprime.com and listen to past shows and our past guests. And we have some amazing guests coming up for you in the next few weeks as well. Just uh, fantastic people doing great things, not only in the, in the music industry, but just in the world in general. So we encourage you to stay tuned even to our own Facebook page, Northwest Prime on Facebook, and we'll keep you up to date. We will also link you to all of these great artists and their music. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us and support live music. Seattle Wave Radio. Your Seattle, your scene. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.